What I am about to tell you is a verified and true story that my grandfather used to tell us. My family and I lived in the countryside. It was hard work. My grandfather would wake up at 2 a.m. and travel by an oxen-drawn cart carrying coffee, maize, beans, all sorts of goods into town to sell. One morning, he got into his cart and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a strange woman appeared and got in with him. From the corner of his eye, he noticed that she had long black hair that fell right over her face, obscuring it. That was all he could really see as he refused to look at her directly since he was familiar with the stories of this woman with long dark hair who would often board the carts of unsuspecting people. And those who made the mistake of looking at her directly would either be driven insane or struck down with a heart attack. After that day, he knew that the tales of La Ciguanaba were real. Story told to me by Maribel Hernandez, my mother, and translated by me, Brenda Salguero. This is Monstras. and welcome to another episode of Monstras. My name is Brenda Salguero. Don't do this to me. And with me today... Don't do this. <laughs> I'm Montivia Morales. <laughs> I, I never know how you're going to weird out your name. But you know what? You never weird out your last name. I don't because I forget. <laughs> And two, I actually don't know how I'm going to word out my name. I remember the second I start. <laughs> so you're like, how am I going to make this weird when you, yeah, when you do birth? every single time. <laughs> every single time. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I got to think of something. <laughs> so anyways, welcome back, guys, to another episode. Uh, today we are covering something very, very, very uh, interesting. Well, I thought it was interesting. We are covering actually one of my childhood monsters, La Ciguanaba. And before we get started, I wanted to know, have you ever heard of her before, Orquidia? Not really. Like, I know you had mentioned her before, but she's not a monster I was familiar with growing up at all. So I was excited to learn more about her. And yeah, I'm excited to, to hear what you have to share. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who La Ciguanaba is? And a little bit about the background. I am so excited <laughs> to do this part. Anyways, this this monster is quite fascinating. Again, I grew up with it, uh, and I'll talk about it, about a little bit about it at the end. But let me dive into the story. So, before she was La Ciguanaba, she was known as Siwewe, and I hope I said that right. That sounds right. Right, Siwewe rolls it rolls right off the back of my throat, <laughs> which is not well for. Uh, beautiful, a beautiful woman. So that's what it means. Her beauty and charm ensnared a Nahual prince's heart. His name was Yes Yeson. 
Kind of like Jason. <laughs> I was about to say that's a weird way, like a, not an anglicized, but Spanishized. How do you say when you turn something into Spanish? A Spanish version of Jason. Yes, it was really, uh, I was like, is it really pronounced Jason? <laughs> I guess it is. It's like Y-E-I-S-U-N. So it's fascinating. Yeah. Anyways, she, he saw her and he was like, damn, I'm going to marry that girl. <laughs> so he did. Because <laughs> she was so beautiful. So now she's a queen married to this prince, mm-hmm. right? Well, she starts to lust for power. Same. As you usually yeah. do, right? So while Jason is away, you know, fighting and, and you know, leading an army, you know, whatever princes do, <laughs> he's away. Yeah. She actually actively cheats on him. And with various lovers, so not just one dude. And she actively neglects neglects her son, El Cipitio. Which is another monster, right? Yes, okay. he is another monster who deserves, maybe deserves his own episode at some point, but he is definitely a monster as well. And so her son, actually, this is actually how he looks like. So her son is so hungry that he actually goes around eating ash. Mm-hmm. And his belly, I know, his belly is like, becomes like really round. Mm-hmm. From malnourishment. So instead of a beer belly, he has an ash belly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's not good. So that's how he looks like. And he's perpetually like really small. He has a little hat too. And he goes after women. <laughs> it's like all this craziness, right? Probably seeking the love of that he never received from his mother, you know? Oh, Freud would love him. <laughs> I know. Exactly. So she neglects, she ignores him. Uh, on top of just cheating on on her prince husband, right? To make some, to make matters worse, she also actively begins to plot a way to take her husband's throne. Eventually, what she the plot that she thinks of is to poison him. So he actually she actually goes to a witch and asks for poison, and she's like, "Give this th- give this to your husband." And so she picks to give him this poison during a festival. That's just mean. And it's so mean. Basically, like. On top of, like, killing him, you're killing him in front of everybody. Uh, he's in party mode and you're going to poison him. Rude. So rude. So the the poison actually, this is surprising, the poison has terrible consequences. And it actually ends up turning Yesun into a three-headed monster Shit. who then proceeds to rampage and kill all the festival attendees. Holy fuck. She went to is the wrong witch. <laughs> Seriously, I think she went to... <laughs> I think she gave her the wrong potion, yeah. the poison. She it was like, what's that movie, The Emperor's New Groove? Yes, exactly. She turned, she, yeah, they just switched out the poison. Instead of a llama, he's a three-headed monster. Or instead of a yama, yeah, makes he's sense. a three-headed monster, right? So because he's on a rampage mode, they have the guards in the in the palace. Like They're like, we have no choice but to kill this guy. Yeah. And so the guards are forced to kill Yesun in his monster form. Dang. So, of course, Siwewit, she's like, hell yeah, I have power, I have many lovers, and, you know, I'm queen. And she's my, single and, and ready screw to my mingle. Son. <laughs> yeah, she's single, ready to mingle. A son? What son? I don't have a son. She just shoves him aside. Ash. <laughs> Go back to the ash. Uh, so, anyways, when Jason's father finds out, you know, he's furious. He's, like, super mad. In some ter- in some stories I read, Yason is actually the son of a god, mm-hmm. and the father is a god, obviously. But in others, he's kind of a mortal king. Either way, he asks for for Siwewet to be cursed for killing his son. So that seems fair. This is what happens. Huh? That seems fair. No, I think 
think it's a fair it's a fair thing. Yeah. So this is what happens. So the gods grant the, his wish, right? She is actually so this is her appearance. This is what she looks like. So the gods grant his wish. She is cursed to roam rivers naked. She is always seen combing her long, black, beautiful hair. But when men see her, they are entranced by her beauty. So they are trying to approach her, which is like, men, mind your business. Yeah. She's mind just grooming Libra alone. Exactly. She's minding her business. By this river, you don't have to approach her. So when they get close, though, she turns around to reveal that she has the face of a horse, long dangling breasts, and long claw-like nails. I mean, that's a look. That's a real look. It's great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love the detail of the long dangling breasts. Right. It's like... Like the horse face isn't basic- bad enough. Basically, they took all the feminine traits away mm-hmm. and replaced them with things that are considered considered unfeminine, right? Yeah. Air quotes. So that is the story of how Lasiwanaba is born. That's really terrifying. I would be scared to run into her. And I know that... But you're not a man. That's true. That's true. And also, you mind your own fucking business, right? <laughs> that is also true. I do not approach strangers that are bathing in a river naked. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't do yeah. it. <laughs> And I imagine, so we found some variations, like most stories, there's some variations in the legend. So for example, there, another version, if a man touches her, he goes insane, which I love. I wish I had that superpower. <laughs> it's like, don't even look at me or else I'm going to make you see, you know, the walls move exactly. 24-7. <laughs> in other versions, just seeing her drives them mad. So almost like a Medusa type effect, just... You know, eye contact with her makes them go crazy, which also I like. I I love it. Yeah. So far, I won't see any negative. Other variations of the story also, they say that she uh, likes to lure men out by transforming into their mothers or girlfriends, which is kind of (laughs) nasty. Which, honestly, that I would be more sympathetic to for a man, you know, like you're approaching a strange woman, don't do that. But if you see your mom and you're like, oh, hey, what what the hell are you doing in the middle of a river? You know, I'd be like, what's up, lady? Like, let's go home or something. Or what are you doing here? I thought you were working. That's true. Like, I I would be more, but it's trickier, right? Yeah. Also, how does she know what they look like? She probably just, she's a monster. She just looks into people's minds and just projects it onto them i like it onto herself i like it so she turns into mothers or girlfriends and then leads them into deep canyons or deep forests so she takes them away from places where they could be saved or heard to to kill them like a serial killer huh smart yeah like a serial killer she isolates them yeah children can see her too and sometimes she transforms into their mothers so she can lure them into the forest and drive them mad so i I, it's some similarities to la llorona she seems like a little bit more cruel I don't know if I can say yeah. that because La Llorona kills children, but making them go crazy seems worse. I don't know. It. I don't even know, but just driving them insane so that they're tortured for the rest of their life. And not to say that there's anything wrong with like being, I guess I don't know what they mean by insane, yeah. right? Like what is it? It's not, obviously it's not depression. <laughs> exactly. Like it's, it's not, not mental you know health what I mean? like, issues. It's not, if, if this, yeah, it's not mental health issues. It's because I was like, am I being ableist? Is she being ableist? Well, also, <laughs> like, is Lassie Also, she's leaving the, the child out in the middle of the forest after turning them insane. Yeah. So I don't know where she's taking them. Yeah. So what can men do to prevent being disemboweled by La Sibonava? There's a few things. One website called elsalvadormipais.com recommends men bite a cross and pray to God in order to avoid losing their soul. 
I think that works with most monsters. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why the cross is such a uniform. Well, I know why, yeah. but I just don't like it. <laughs> Can we use a different symbol? You know, can I use any symbol from any other religion? Like, come on. No, they only recognize Catholic symbols. <laughs> it's only Catholicism. Oh. <laughs> it's like I, I, like a Star of David wouldn't work on Dracula, right? Oh, if only. It should. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't make these rules. <laughs> okay, so you have to bite the cross and pray to God. Or the same website also recommends that men recite and repeat these words. Adios, comadre Maria, patas de gallina, seca, and then run like hell. <laughs> Could you translate that for our I, mean, I feel like I'm going to say that to everybody I dislike. Like when I'm trying to end a conversation, <laughs> it's like, adios. How do you translate goodbye? How do you translate comadre? I thought comadre was mother-in-law, no? It's not mother-in-law. It's like when, it's like the, so like when you get baptized to family friends, would be like oh godmother. godmother it's kind of like a godmother so goodbye godmother maria chicken feet dried chicken feet dry dry chicken dry feet. chicken feet <laughs> i love that i have you ever heard sana sana colita de rana oh yeah okay it's a, it's similar where i'm like what is this like where does this come from why do we say this this makes it's nonsense and for those who don't speak spanish health health little frog's tail yeah, right? I've, I've never translated heel. it. I mean, you're right, but it sounds bad in English. <laughs> it sounds horrible in English. <laughs> I, I just love it just doesn't translate. Like, dried yeah. chicken's feet. Is that an, a normal thing in El Salvador? Dry chicken, dried chicken feet? Yeah. I've never had it. I had it. We've had dry fish, like really dry fish, mm-hmm. which stinks up the house. Never have it. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah. But they, they eat it for Semana Santa. Yeah. So that's the other thing that they do. But finally, this is the funniest way to avoid being bitch, titty bitch slapped by La Ciguanaba. Especially with those long ass uh, saggy breasts. <laughs> those saggy breasts. Which, just remember that saggy breast thing because they, I'm going to come back to it, okay? I'm going to come back to I'm it. I'm excited. Because I didn't even get that joke from <laughs> this. I didn't make that up, okay? <laughs> so, anyways. So... To avoid the other thing, the funniest thing you could do to avoid La Ciguanaba is to actually sneak up on her <laughs> and get as close as you can, like a cat. You got to go, you know, all sneaky. Mm-hmm. And then you throw yourself on the floor, face up, then reach out and tug on her hair <laughs> like a six, like a middle schooler. Yeah. That will actually spook her and she will fling herself off a cliff. Again, this also comes from the same website. <laughs> so, so We need to contact and, these is, people and see if they've tried any of these methods because they sound amazing right and i love that when i read satira de un barranco i was like what (laughs) so she just is she always by a cliff like like where is she finding these cliffs she gets so scared she runs from the river all the way to the cliff and jumps off and i was like how many cliffs are there in el salvador i don't know (laughs) who thinks i know these are fake maybe these are fake and if they are whatever but who thinks of this like i encounter this monster my first thought is drop stop drop and pull her hair (laughs) you know like who tested this out who tested it out i have no idea (laughs) no idea so actually let's that's a good segue into her history like who did come up with this story where did this story come from so according to concepcion clara de Guevara, which by the way 
Very cool name. It's very similar to yours, Orquidia, where you're forced to say it in Spanish. It has it's great. To it. Yeah. <laughs> it's got weight to it. So Concepcion in her paper called uh, Tradición Oral Salvadoreña, Mestizaje, Religión y Valores, she says that everyone, no matter what their social status or background is, knows this story of La Ciguanaba. She is part of a pantheon of stories considered by folklorist Celsa, Celso Lara as classic, air quotes, that no matter the changes in society, the story remains intact. In fact, Lara goes on to say that La Ciguanaba in particular has endured four centuries, which is bananas, long time. That's crazy. Four centuries. And the versions of her story are prolific throughout Central America and even in South America. So, for instance, in Costa Rica, she's known as the Segua. And in Honduras, she's known as the Cigua. So there's... So she she's very pervasive, essentially. Yeah. And I, I love the variation in names, too. Like, I... It's it's interesting to think about why why that is. So, for example, if we if we break down her name, Siwa means woman, and Nawali means witch. So, witch woman, which is a bit weird because we also read that the Wewet means old. So her original name means old, Siwewet. Yeah. Which, but I thought it meant beautiful woman. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think you're right that there might be some mistranslation as it became, as it moved from language to language or even like uh, region to region, right? Like there's different ver- types of Nahuatl, there's different dialects. So that could have made a difference in how this gets translated and how the names changes across these different geographies. But I think it yes. also makes some sense linguistically that witch and old woman have a similar similar origin because, you know... When you think of a witch, you think of an old woman with the crooked nose and the whole deal. So I can see the connection between witch, old woman, but then turning that into beautiful woman. I'm not sure when how that happened. Yeah, I don't know either. It's it's definitely I think that definitely has to be some sort of mistranslation. And just through time, I think it's just weird, but it'll make more sense once I get into this part. So the most fascinating part of this paper is that according to De Guevara, there seems to be no mention of La Ciguanaba or El Cipitio prior to colonization, which means that this is a colonial period legend. But wait, it gets even more crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so one idea, according to folklorists like Lara, is that the legend was actually brought over by conquistadors. So the only thing about this legend that is indigenous are actually the names, which again makes sense why maybe there's a mistranslation. Mm-hmm. Because it probably was, they were just borrowing, possibly, these words. Yeah. But that's, again, that's all speculation. So, it's assumed, then, that the story was actually created to teach indigenous people. Basically, it's an imposition by mestizos in the minds of indigenous people. So, it's just, to me, it was just what she was saying, the I was saying with that line. Because that was almost like a direct quote. Mm-hmm. Is that it was, era una imposición... La mente del, del, del indio is what she said. And it almost sounded like it was colonization of the mind yeah. somehow, right? Yeah. Well, and I wonder, this is what's so hard to know when there aren't any records and when like histories get overlapped like this. Like I wonder if those indigenous communities did have a similar legend that then the Spanish renamed and that's why it seems like it comes with colonization or, you know, right? It's so hard to know exactly what happened and i think the the fact that we can use religious symbols to scare her reflects that history too right it makes sense that you know 
incense or kupal or things like that wouldn't work on her, that it has to be a cross. Because yeah. it's a way to teach indigenous communities to believe in Christianity and to use those symbols, right? If you see a monster, exactly. protect yourself with our Christian symbols, become Christian, and you'll be safe. Or say a prayer, right? So it's kind of a way to indoctrinate them. Exactly. And so that was the thing that was posited in that paper. Like it was somehow just another lesson that, and really something that came from Spain mm-hmm. and not really didn't come from the indigenous folklore of the, lo- it, it, was, it was just not local. Again, it's an imposition. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that there was some history of it in the indigenous communities. And that's why they they picked up on it, right? Similar to like the Virgin Mary that we talked about, right? There was something there already that made it easier for them to pick up on that legend and to identify with it. Yeah. But yeah, who knows? But we just we just don't know. And it might, like you were saying before, it could have also just merged. Mm-hmm. And those records could have been lost because they, they did burn thousands of, of, of records and paperwork and stuff. So we just don't know. Yeah. And I'm... La Iguanaba is still around today, which is, like you said, 400 years she's been around. And she's a big legend in Central and South America. There are versions in Brazil, Chile, Peru, Ecuador, Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras. I imagine she's in the U.S. now, too, with people migrating and immigrating. Yeah. I mean, she's here with my family, I guess you could say. Yeah. Y'all brought her <laughs> over. I've heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> I brought her over. Oh, no. Ooh. Where are my crosses? <laughs> oh, shit. I'm an atheist. Uh, <laughs> Start fighting some crosses. Get some chocolate crosses. Do they sell them for Easter? Oh, my God. I need it. I need it before I could use it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like trying to ward her away and there's a big bite out of the cross. <laughs> It's like, ah, I can't use it. But one thing that I wanted to ask just in general was like, why does she have such staying power? Like, why has her story resonated with so many people for so long? You know? Yeah, that's a good question. I I do think and I that's this is why I say that, you know, maybe there was a similar legend before, because it, it seems like water and women related to water seems to be a really, really common motif in monsters around the globe and historically like you know the sirens selkie nymphs there's la llorona obviously there's so many examples of of women and water monsters women and and water i'm not sure why that is maybe that's something we can talk about in another episode yeah but but i think that that's something that resonates with us like culturally i don't know if we have like an universal myths but this seems to be one of it that regardless of where people are or what time period is monstrous women happen to live in water so maybe that's why she's still around yeah i think i mean there are cultural human universals right and so obviously there's religion every almost every single culture on earth has a a type of religion Uh, what was the other human universal i think there was like seven or something i don't remember there was a bunch you know i'm busting out my cultural anthropology degree here i'm trying to Uh, remember the name of the (laughs) anthropologist that had these theories what is his name not you. I don't know. There's a lot of white guys in that field. It is a white guy, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. As long as it's not Margaret Mead. What's your issue with Margaret Mead? I think, wasn't she the one that it turned out her first study that launched her into fame was fake? I don't know. Was it Margaret Mead? No, I think you're probably right. I know she's problematic as hell. Yeah, I think she was the one, Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, that's (laughs) who I'm asking about. Margaret Mead. That's another problematic Margaret. I know. So many problematic Margarets. I, I was thinking of Joseph Campbell and the Universal oh. Myths. Oh, okay. Joseph Campbell. 
I'm pretty sure there's, I mean, there's human, my point was that there's human universals. So there has, there's probably like folklore story universals, you know, among religion and histories and all that stuff. So that people tell or stories, sorry, that people tell. So I'm pretty sure. But anyways, Margaret Mead, I believe was the one who, she went to Samoa. Mm-hmm. And she she was like, oh, I'm going to study Samoans and blah, 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 blah. And it turned out that the whole study was kind of false and that the people who she was studying, air quotes, was it turned out they were lying to her. So <laughs> because they were like, whatever, white lady, we're not going to tell you the truth. <laughs> but it was pretty bad because I think she painted Samoans in a very bad light. Yeah. So anyways, and and it was not even true. So... Whatever. If you're going to talk shit about me, at least it better be true, at least. At least do some research. There's plenty of material here. <laughs> exactly. There's plenty so, to work with. <laughs> you know, read me, but read me right. That's right. So anyways, I think one of the reasons she actually has long-lasting power is because she falls within the archetype that we're all familiar with, which is the trickster woman. So I think this is a, a huge one. So the so- story of the Siguanaba, as I was reading it, to me, it really highlighted the common themes found in so many other female monster stories, right? So like, besides the water, women are monstrous, what, monstrous when they forsake their womanly duties, right? So things like infanticide, infidelity, sex outside of marriage, etc. Like, I mean, this is everything La Siguanaba did. So any sort of fun. Any sort, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you can't have fun. You have to be like La Virgen. Ugh, gross. And just shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. Never have sex ever. That makes total sense. No fun. I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah. So La Siguanaba really highlights this, that as, at, because she was a woman who was, uh, was cursed to look, so part of the legend is also that she's, you know, cursed to look beautiful from far away, but then upon closer inspection, she's actually horrifying. So it's almost like saying that, well, A, it's almost saying that women, like, you never know what they are. Mm-hmm. You can't trust them, really, because you don't know what's what lies beneath the surface. And it's this woman who's transforming into women that exist in these men's lives, which also implies that no woman, even the ones in your life as a man, can be trusted. So it's just like this idea of men or of women always, you know, supposedly scheming as if we had the, all the time in the world to be scheming, yeah. you know. I wish I had scheming to- time. <laughs> I only have scheming time every Wednesday from 8 to 9 p.m. That's it. I schedule it. <laughs> I put it in my calendar. So, but we, you know, this idea that is very pervasive of like women tricking men, you know, all the time. I definitely, as I was reading the story, I was like, incels would love this story. (laughs) This is how they imagine women. So beautiful. And then you get close and you try to date them and they get real mean. What's wrong with that? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I'll never understand women. That's how I make make the, that's the incel voice. Yeah, that's a good one. I believe it. Transformed (laughs) in front of my very eyes. (laughs) But I, I think... I think that is a big part of it, too. Like, one of the universal fears for men is strong women. Historically has been, like, strong women or or losing that power, right? Losing patriarchy. 
And the, the, one of the authors we found, Ana Patricia Rodriguez, has this great article on transnational feminist solidarity. And she describes La Ciguanaba as, quote, a water spirit representing fertility and life. She may also be read as a symbol of female desire, sexuality, strength, resilience, and resistance to patriarchy, neocolonialism, and imperialism. So again, a strong woman, right? So she stands against everything that these men are trying to protect, which is why, why why they're afraid of her or why they create her to begin with. So I think that your your point about the insults is right. It's like, yeah, you hate women, women with brains because you can't deal with that strength, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And exactly. women want to be like that. <laughs> I want I want to have a brain. <laughs> yeah. I'm not here... A, I'm not always scheming, and B, I am thinking, but when I'm thinking, I'm thinking of cool shit I'm going to do, you know? Yeah, I'm not thinking about you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let me brush my hair by the river naked. Leave me alone. Moral of the story. Exactly. <laughs> story of our lives, right? Yeah. Just leave me alone. Exactly. And I want to go back to your discussion about La Ciguanava and her creation as part of uh, a colonization monsters. So you found this article... Um, you did all the collection of the sources for this, so thank you so much. Because one of these articles I really liked, it was by Rafael Lara Martinez. And he talks about the themes and images of the story of Siguanagua and linguistic differences between publications in Spanish and oral versions in Nahuatl Pipi. It was really a hard read because it, <laughs> it was in Spanish and it was all like linguistic breakdowns. I, f- I failed my Spanish oh. grammar class. I have a, ma- a major in Spanish and failed Spanish grammar. So this was really what? hard. I didn't know that. I don't even... I I took Spanish for Spanish speakers and I breezed through that bitch. Like, I did not... Dude, <laughs> I did not do well. Spanish grammar is hard. It's really hard, especially in academic papers. And, and most of our sources were in Spanish this time. Yeah. Which is also interesting. Like, she's not a monster that's quite been picked up by academics in English but but yeah I like this article because it make that comparison I think it goes back to what we were talking about even in her name like is, are the linguistic differences a reason why we have so many different names and he's he says that the Spanish language version the the, the written version of La Ciguanagua transforms from an unknown woman or La Ciguanagua transforms from an unknown woman into a monster while it, while in the Nahuatl version she transforms she shows up as a familiar woman. So this is where she would show up as a girlfriend or mother. So in the indigenous language, the story they tell, she's a recognizable person. While in the Spanish written version, she's an unknown woman. Oh, right. That's fascinating. Um, and then another difference in the Spanish version, the Siguanava seduces you and you can actually flirt back. While in the Nahuapipil version, she kills you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the Nahuatl version, the man kidnaps the woman. Oh. <laughs> they kidnap La Ciguanaba. So, okay, so this is what he says. And I'm going to read it in Spanish and then translate it because I thought it was really cool in, in Spanish. So he, in the Nahuatl version, el abuelo jamás intenta seducir el espectro femenino ni le insinúa el menor piropo. Por lo contrario, el motivo central consiste en revelar la verdadera identidad del fantasma quien aparece bajo el atuendo de una amiga íntima, Leonarda. El hombre la confronta de manera violenta, la amarra y la conduce, prision- y, y la conduce prisionera a casa. So, the grandfather in the story never tries to seduce the specter, unlike the Spanish version, nor does he flirt with her, right? He sees her, she looks familiar, but he somehow he still knows something's 
up, right? So on the contrary, the central motive of, of his action. So he approaches her to find out who the true her true identity, right? So he oh. he sees her and is like, she looks like my, like my friend Leonardo, but I know that something's up. So he confronts her in a really violent way, ties her, and takes her prisoner to his to a house. So, okay, just so I understand this, basically in the Spanish version, mm-hmm. she seduces you. Yes, but in the Nawa version it's like they're like wait 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 a minute the guy is not that stupid yeah he's usually (laughs) he's a smarter man because he's like wait a minute this isn't right i know the person that i you know my mother or because they 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 show up as someone they're familiar a friend somebody they they would recognize which is interesting because it's almost saying hey wait a minute i know this person and I don't. I know them well enough, which is you know kind of cool because yeah. it's like, oh, you know your wife, your mother, your sister, whatever, your your female friends well enough that you can tell them apart from a monster. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> which I wish my friends would do. Like, if if something happened to them, I hope they know me well enough <laughs> to not be tricked by a monster. It's hard to tell the difference between you and a monster, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> I couldn't tell right now. If you, if you were a monster, I couldn't tell. God damn it. It's true. <laughs> you know, I kind of like that, though. I'm kind of flattered. Yeah. I thought you would take that as a compliment. I, I know you well enough now to know that that's a compliment. <laughs> See, now you're So I can't be the monster then. <laughs> If I didn't take it as a compliment, then you would know I was some sort of weird doppelganger. Yeah, that's true. If you were like, I'm offended, I'd be like, hmm, this is not the Brenda I know. <laughs> this isn't her. This isn't her. <laughs> but it's it's interesting. So in, the, so in the Nawal version then, not only does he not recognize, he's like, something's up, but he then kidnaps her? Yeah, he, he takes the monster away. So I, I love these two versions. And I think that that's why, like, even if we, even if at the beginning the story was a, a conquest story right it was a story to train them to believe in christianity or whatever it's fascinating to see how they've reappropriated it and said and used it as a way to say now we're better than those spanish-speaking fools that would go with the monster we recognize (laughs) the siwanava we know what she looks like we would we would not try to fuck that monster we would question it and then kidnap it exactly (laughs) which i'm gonna torture her in the house as you do It's like, which I don't know if that's any smarter, because what if it's like just a random woman bathing and they're like, what the fuck are you doing? They they wait until she turns into a horse first. Once they see those boobs flying around, they know. The the flapping around (laughs) boobs. They're like, nope, you're not my mom. Her boobs flap differently. Yeah, exactly. They go right to left, (laughs) not left to right. (laughs) Oh my God, that's hilarious. But... This was actually not a long episode because we're pri- we're basically at the end here. Yeah, but it was a lot of fun, and I I think that that because so many of the sources were in Spanish, and it was it was surprisingly hard to find sources. I I think it she this really reflects how little we study Central America and South America in the U.S., which is what this is. Not only like this monster, but Central American history is not really studied here. It's not, and and. You know, a lot of our monsters are focused on Mexico, mm-hmm. but it's mostly because they're popular. Yeah. 
they're the more popular ones. And also, they're the ones with, ha- with that have more sources. Yeah. And they're in English, <laughs> so I can read it easily. It doesn't take us <laughs> days to read one article. <laughs> Although... Degavera's article was actually pretty easy to read. I found it, there was certain phrases where I was like, am I getting this right? And I sent it to my cousin and I was like, cousin, did I say this right? Did I translate this right? And he's like, yeah, 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 it's fine. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank God. So, but it, I can't skim it as quickly. Yeah, exactly. But, but it was still a lot of fun. And now that we're getting to the end, I want to hear your story. So you grew up with La Ciguanava. What was your, did they, your parents scare you with her? They told you she was coming to get you. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> that never <laughs> I was never told any stories about her in a scary way, which is actually interesting. None of the stories they told me was scary. What was more interesting, it was the, it was the way they told them was just kind of matter of fact. <laughs> and, you know, my dad would be like, Brenda, te quiero decir una historia. Like, I'm going to tell you the story, like... You know, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's how he sounds. And he's like, did I tell you this story about a scary woman, you know? And I'd be like, no, <laughs> what is it? And basically, like, the story at the start of the episode, that is actually a legend that my mother told me from a young age. So, mm-hmm. and it never really scared me because why would the Sigunaba, especially, specifically the Sigunaba, why would she scare me, uh, especially as a little girl? Well, I guess she does go after children sometimes. But that's not the version But I wouldn't heard. be that... St- yeah, but it's not the version I heard. I always heard that she would go after men. Mm. And then she would fling them off a barranco. <laughs> so she wouldn't throw herself off a cliff. She'd throw the men off the cliff? Yes, she would throw the men off the cliff. She would be like, bye, bitch. See, I would have rather grown up with that than La Llorona. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great, right? It's so great. I mean, I, I love La Llorona, Eating. but a, a monster that throws men off cliffs is just beautiful. It's so poetic, yeah. especially men who flirt and bother women. Yeah. Who are doing nothing. Mind your own goddamn business. Yeah. You know? So that's really interesting to me. So, but that's it. That's basically our story. Yeah. I think the the mod, the takeaway from this story is no means no unless you want to fly off a cliff. Don't pursue women. Don't bother them. Yeah. If I have my heads, headphones in, don't talk to no. me. I think that's a you good know? one. Yeah. So, lesson learned, men. This is for all the men out there or, or women <laughs> that are interested in women in a, and are toxic about it. I don't know. <laughs> Just don't be toxic to anyone, yeah. please. Just leave them alone. <laughs> Stop dying to talk to people. Oh, my God, yes. If we've learned anything during this pandemic is that talking to people is the worst thing you could do. It's the worst thing. Yeah. But before we go, there's a couple things I wanted to kind of close up and wrap things up with. First, it's the sources. So I think you ha- you did find some sources, though, right? Yeah. So we one of the sources was La, La Tétrica Leyenda Que Esconde el Río Las Marías and Morazán. It was a website. Celebración de Calaviusa was also a website from La Prensa Gráfica. Leyenda de la Ciguanaba was from El Salvador, mi país, punto com, dot com. I don't know why I went full Spanish. It's great. I like it. Punto com. Punto com means to me from dichos de un bicho <laughs> i love that name yeah. that website isn't that a great name yeah <laughs> so dichos de un bicho D- are like refra- refrain refrains from a bug dichos de un bicho no dichos de un bicho in, in in salvadorian would be would mean sayings from a boy oh so bicho means boy mm-hmm. oh. so hey bicho 
Bovicha, like we would always call ourselves that or call each other that. So it's not, which is interesting. I didn't know it meant a bug in in, <laughs> in Mexico. I think in regular, I think in all Spanish, it means bug dude. Really? Yes. Look it up. Y'all are calling each okay. other bugs. Oh my god. Okay, I guess so. I don't even know where what the origins of it are. So I got to look I mean, it up. I can't say anything. Um, Everyone in Mexico calls each other motherfuckers. So. <laughs> True. Yeah. So anyway, so I wanted to just, obviously, we had La Tradición Oral Salvadoreña by Concepción Clara de Guevara. But the one that I really wanted to tell you guys about <laughs> and read it out loud is just the funniest thing. It's not really a book but it, or, or a source, but it is a book summary by this guy named Randy Jurado Ertel. Ertel? In his book. So Ertel? I don't know how do you sell his last name. But anyways, the book is called La Ciguanaba and the Magical Loroco. Mm-hmm. And so let me just, let me use his description. So La Ciguanaba has been described as a ghostly, grotesque looking woman, but her true nature is of utmost beauty inside and outside. In the Nahuatl language, Sewewet means beautiful woman. Her true beauty and reputation was distorted by the colonizers. Hmm, Interesting. She was always and continues to be a queen to her Mayan and Aztec people. Many colonizers have used her ghostly physical appearance to scare the campesino population into submission. But La Ciguanaba's true essence is of courage, beauty, and intelligence. Yes, she does have two sides. The good side and the evil side. (laughs) If you piss her off, she will rip you to shreds and beat you to death with her big titties. But if you respect her, she will respect you in return. What kind of book is this? I don't even know. I honestly, I don't even remember. I think it was supposed to be like... Is it a kid's book? <laughs> I thought it was a kid's book, I think. But I also don't... With that description about big titties being, you know, beating you to death. I don't think it is. I don't remember. I mean, that's a, that's a kind of horrible description. Because, <laughs> no, like, I mean, it goes back to the binary. She's either good or bad, like... Why can't she be both at this? Like I don't, I don't know. It's it's very much a, a men writing women. Yeah, it, it feels like she's almost a manic pixie. She's so beautiful, but yet so uncontrollable. Let her change your yeah, world. Yeah, this is you with her big titties. <laughs> and then what? It's so good. It's so good. But that's why I did the the big titty bitch slap. Like I just think it's the funniest thing I've ever read. And you're right. That description is terrible on top of the big titty thing. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, what is this? And you can tell that he he's also someone who thinks that it's a pre-colonial legend. Yeah. And that the Mayan and the Aztecs came up with her. But they might have. But so far, there's little evidence that they did. We don't know. We basically don't know. Yeah. So anyways, I wanted to end on that, guys. (laughs) Because it's terrible. You wanted to end up talking so, about big titties. That's what you wanted to do. I mean, who doesn't yeah. like them on men and on women? Love it all. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. That's it for our show today. If you want to continue supporting us, please leave us a review. Just let us know what you think. And if you have any monsters, creatures, or legends you want us to cover, let us know. Also, subscribe. Also, you can follow us on social media on Twitter at Monsters Podcast or on Facebook at Monsters Podcast. Also, basically anywhere you can even Google us because we have a website. It's called 
I can give you one guess, and it's <laughs> monstrouspodcast.com. Um, and welcome, you're welcome to also email us at monstrouspodcast at gmail.com. It's called branding, that's y'all. That's basically it. Huh? It's called branding. Oh, no. We are very branded. <laughs> we are. I wish we could just come up with a bunch of merch, but we're just too lazy. I'm too lazy. Dude, same. I know. One day. Yeah. One day, though. It is, it is, uh, it is on the list. It's on the list. For now, folks can subscribe, leave us reviews, and that's it. <laughs> yep, and that's it. Well, thank you guys. Have a good day, and don't let La Siguanaba seduce you. Or bitch slap her, bitch slap you with her big ass titties. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>